0: record otherwise i'll forget
1: <laughs> <laughs> wonderful i'm looking forward to this
2: yay yay <laughs> yeah i just um i just read the book i read cindy's book this afternoon so in preparation
3: <laughs> is that your first viewing is that your first full
2: no she sent it to me it. Uh, I, yeah you'll hear that yeah you'll hear yeah it. <laughs> all those bits and pieces I think going through but yeah anyway I wanted to read it again so that I had the it was in my in my being (laughs) this question your mind yeah 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 so how are you doing
1: I'm doing well thank you yeah time to as I said yesterday time to reflect and and revisit things again at a time when they actually are very poignant Yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: yeah hello
2: people are coming in good to see you Emma.
0: to see you too michael hello michael good to see you uh, michael i was going to say
2: i'm um, i i because of um dorothy we're going to push
4: understood, understood understood yeah yeah i already i, I actually had the same question
2: yeah yeah, yeah. So I what do going we to, do
4: with it the, the week after, or? Well,
2: you, you tell me what works for you. But I, if the next week works, that'll be great. Yeah.
4: Hold on. Let me just check
0: yeah. right now. Yeah. Good morning, Aura. Lovely to see you
2: again.
3: <laughs> nice to see you all.
2: Yay! <laughs> yes. Yeah, so. Uh, We normally have a community call on this time every week and uh next week we're going to we've been talking about centropic health which michael is very heavily involved with and next week we're going to do that but we have decided to have a celebration of dorothy's life so any um anyone who knows her or even just wants to come along to Hold the space for that is going to be welcome to do that next, the same time next week. Although the same time means different time for people in Europe because. In Europe. Yeah, the time changes (laughs) next week. Um,
4: (laughs) Yeah, I I can do, unfortunately, I cannot, but I can do on the 23rd.
2: The 23rd. Okay, 23rd of November. I will make a note of that. Thank you. All right. Uh, Medical, um, Centropic Health. All right, great. Good morning, Colleen, on holidays. Good morning, everyone. <laughs> and uh, Cindy is coming. Yay. It's always good when the guest shows up. <laughs> good morning, Cindy.
1: Christine, how are you?
2: Yeah, I'm really well. Thank you. Yes, and very privileged to be in the presence of a newly published author which is a massive, massive accomplishment for anyone. So we'll wait a couple more minutes. We had about 26 people registered. Uh, So we'll see how we go with um, people showing up. We have had one apology Uh, and and someone registered from the United States, which is like that crazy because it's in the middle of the night there. Uh, But anyway, We'll wait just a moment, uh, see who, oh, here comes Hank. See who else shows up for the call. I was just saying to Rachel, Cindy, I just went through your book again, lucky me. Uh, is there a publication? I know that we can get it off Amazon UK, but is there a publication date for Australia? No, you're on mute.
1: I think it is in Australia, actually. Oh, um, there you go. All right. I had right. a friend ask me about that. Yes, an Australian friend. And I just Googled it. And I, it just seems to be in quite a few um, okay,
0: Australian
2: bookstores. All, right. yeah. okay. All right. Good. I've got my Christmas shopping done. <laughs> Very good. So... Uh, we are going to get started because I like to start on time. <laughs> and if we if we put aside 90 minutes, but it doesn't have to go for 90 minutes, uh, it can go for um, shorter than that if needs be. Uh, and so, Cindy, would you like to say a few words about yourself? <laughs> I could introduce, but you know, your, your background and, and everything else like that.
1: Well, hi everyone. It's, it's really lovely to be um, back in the centropic community and to see some old faces. Hi, Colleen. How are you? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm. My name's Cindy. You're obviously. I'm. I've been an activist most of my life. Uh, you know, starting in my teenage years, and um, so I've just been. You know, looking at different ways. I guess subconsciously or. Or consciously of making change within our system so I've kind of gone from you know the activist side of things the angry young person to I work, I did a lot of work in side corporates on you know kind of there at the beginning of the corporate social responsibility movement if you like um so you know then I work in in corporate comms and in um uh, the the ESG, the sustainability investing, just trying to find ways that you can put pressure on the system. But I, I just found, so you, I'm sure like many of us in this room, you just hit up against all these paradoxes. Where can you really make meaningful change? And I guess that's the journey that all of us are on in Syntropic Enterprise. I, I did a wonderful master's course, which was funded by Anita Roddick, who some of you may know as the founder of The Body Shop. And she put her... Um, you know she'd made her money by then and and so her intervention was to change the engine of business I guess that was a kind of an early step towards centropic enterprise so she funded a, um, a master's program you know very reputable uh, university in 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 in, in uh, the UK, Bath University, and just shocked the pants off everybody really because people thought they were signing up for this quite traditional. It wasn't quite positioned as an M- MBA, but that's kind of what it was, and M- an MSC in su- sustainability and business. And the, the absolute core of that—I mean, we, we learned so much about you know Earth systems, of course—but the core of that was who you are and where can you make change from. And a lot of people had had their um, companies pay for them to go on this uh, course, and uh, by the end of it, they all left, <laughs> including me. Because um, it just you know it was the, the work was on yourself. Who are you, and where where can you most effectively? What can you use that you carry in your pattern integrity, if you like, in your core self, that can that you that can make you an effective change maker? And are you trapped in a system that isn't right for you to be making change in? So you know, I certainly felt that by that by this time, I've seen this whole corporate sustainability movement be co opted by the very so at the, at the beginning there was this window that you felt a yeah, change could happen here but by the time that the corporates had, had taken it over and put all this money into the spin if you like and there, I think some genuine work does happen in corporates but for me it just felt it'd been really co-opted and the language had been changed to make things stay the same really. I've got people I've been to see at the beginning of it who had no idea what I was talking about when I was trying to put this forward as a way that corporates could work. You know within two years they had badges director of sustainability and they were just you know it was so much greenwash so you know, i i left and um did other things but and what the, the seed of that that course was really this is crazy we're spending all this money on fixing things after they've gone wrong on sticking plasters on disasters if you like instead of actually enabling human beings from the word go, to, to think and behave and act and be educated really in line with earth, in earth, earth's natural system. So we don't do any of these unthinkable things as uh, Christine, as Christine's brilliant article, um, Beauty of Beginnings last week, it said um, profit by hurting really. We, we teach people to, um, to go into businesses to make a profit by hurting somebody or something else, it's, and, and it's just an, a really insane way to operate. But we're in all our school systems, which were set up post industrial revolution, were um, designed very much to train young people to do this. You know, you're the, the brightest and the best are funneled to the top of this system, where they're you know they're rewarded for being extremely competitive. You get the grades for doing that, and then you get snapped up by the best companies who are then really engines of a system that are fueling our demise. If you're not academically good in that system, then you become a drone, really, that gets put in an ill-paid, often ill-treated job to service the people at the top of that, this, um, this pyramid. So that, that is something that it really has, if we're going to have a world that, that, that respects the planetary boundaries and ensures our own survival because of that, we have to shift that system. So in, my, in all my DNA, if you like, I carry a huge love of writing, of stories, of, of graphics, of animation. And you know, before I, I did have a brief, you know, big bad turn in my... I, I worked in theatre, you know, uh, theatre to... Um, issue-orientated theatre, if you like, you know, to work on things like environment or diversity, and I, I ended up, I took, I accidentally got a job in an advertising agency, one of the biggest advertising agencies in the world, I was living in Singapore, and, and i have just been traveling around the world, and I'm, you know, I, got, I got offered this job for one reason or another, and it was, um, you know, it was a fascinating um, adventure if you like or, or or dark adventure into the black arts and you're just looking at this these multi-million budgets that are being spent to manipulate human minds and it's only got more insidious because of this you know the book the, where well, now this can be done digitally and and it was you know it was a it was a fascinating but terrifying experience you know I was tasked with creating things um for uh, to you know to make people want stuff that they hadn't He didn't even know existed. But by the time we'd finished these creative campaigns, they couldn't live without this. You know, some of the first Motorola, Make the Impossible Possible, Citibank, stuff that they'd never, well, the, the, the banks obviously people had heard of before, but you know, some of the products were coming out for the first time and people were going crazy for this stuff that they'd never even heard about. And now your existence was one of immense dissatisfaction unless you could have this stuff. And it was you know it was really fascinating, but really ugly. And so right, this, with this germ of, of the idea, you know we have to stop educating humans to replicate, to, to, you know to to be part of a system that's fueling our demise. It just feels completely obvious that you know that we must, tell different stories of earth we have to change our cultural narratives we have to counteract this billion dollar industry which isn't just advertising it's you know the media we know all know who owns you know the large the 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 media oligarchs. so they they tell this story that makes people think there's nothing else that can be done this is the only system that exists we have to conform to this we have to find our place in it, you know, we can struggle like hell to try to get the t- to the top so we have a slightly better, com- more comfortable life or we have to accept our position basically is indentured labour where you're kept in such this myth of fear and scarcity that you don't try anything else or, or change who you are or change how you live because you're so terrified of losing the little that's been allotted to you. So I um so no that that was my my decision really then that I just need to do something to disrupt this education system and to change the story of Earth. And I've just over the last kind of 15, 20 years been I mean, Trojan horsing in programs for children to try to, you know, to 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 to, to frame a different type of worldview. Um, and it's been really hard. And I'm always told I'm ahead of my time I'm just so sick to death of hearing that to be honest uh, because it's just an excuse for people to do nothing you know I wrote environmental television shows 20 years ago oh no but who's going to want their child to know about that you know this isn't we can't take this on it won't be popular that we won't make any money out of it and that's you know basically the story I think of a lot of people in this room you know we they we're, we, we 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 can see very clearly what we need to do but we can't get the traction in in the mainstream society to get access to capital or whatever it is resources to make it credibility even because we're very discredited oh that's so, you know woo wah stuff it's woolly and fluffy but you know, in some ways, um, and I, I really hate it when people say to me, oh, you do such wonderful stuff. It's just amazing. Isn't it brilliant? You know, that's another load of bullshit, I'm afraid, to make people, they kind of cast you in this martyr role so that they can feel that, you know, that that—but that it's not something that ordinary people do. You know, I'm just doing what any human being with common sense in their head would, would do. You know, we we know how our earth systems work. We know that our culture is so at odds in keeping our life support system healthy it's just bonkers to not be doing this stuff rather than hero martyr look at you doing this wonderful work so um so anyway a rather long story but I so I so that was the germ of of, of really shifting the education system and trying to create tell different stories of earth and then um you know, I went different different hats I, I ran the Blue Marine Foundation which is a global oceans conservation society and then I was headhunted to run the, the Cambridge Science Centre which is a children's science and discovery centre so I thought aha this is my big chance I can mainline you know it's regenerative thinking if you like into the, how children learn. Science. So I I was very clear, I was headhunted for this job. So I said to the board, you know, you've obviously seen my track record, what I do, you know, you wouldn't be asking me to do this job unless sustainability is very important for you. And they said, um, and I said, you know, science without sustainability is like fiddling while Rome burns. So they said, oh, yes, yes, you know, whatever. And then I so I created these programs for them that was putting Earth at the center of how Cosmos, I called it, um, how of of how children learn science. But they these these were guys and they were all men who'd made huge amounts of money in Cambridge out of that tech bubble in the, the 90s. And so now they were the big philanthropists doing their little bit giving back to society. And but basically they believed that science and tech is important for children to learn, not because it can teach humans to live in balance with um, the planet but because um, it can help them to invent unicorn you know these guys that they, they hover in Cambridge you know they're attached to the Cambridge universe hover over the Cambridge tech departments to see what the what the technical call. Cambridge has got its moniker now, Silicon Fen, because so much tech innovation comes out of Cambridge, but they hover, looking for the thing that they can scale into the unicorn. I think you probably, probably all know what unicorns are, the billion dollar company. So the thing is to use STEM to either, you know, to accelerate these, the growth of these high, you know, high, high scalable com- com- companies, which really are just making people use tech you know, tech can be absolutely brilliant, but the way we apply it, it's like watching a, you know, a, a deranged child smashing up a Dresden, you know, being, play, play, using a Dresden vase or something as a, you know, as, 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 I don't know, it's just so inappropriately used that the incredible things that we can do with it are, are applied to really quite inane things or destructive things. So it's not the tech that I have the issue with, it's the application. So these chaps, you know, their, their vision for STEM science being important is to um, you know, is to it's to, uh, it's to uh, underpin a healthy economy because you'll get these some of the, the science-enabled kids will, will scale unicorns and others will be the drones that enable these companies to function. And there was no place. So when I'm to started to say to them, hold on a minute, we need to change this model. Uh they just couldn't get it. They were no, 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 this isn't what it is about. This is about enabling people to you know to, to 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 grow the economy through science and technology. And it's not about, and I said, Well, what did what did you hire me to do then? And at that point, I just thought, do you know what there's no point as Christine will have we'll all for don't argue with the model, build a new one. So I just thought the, the time really has come just to put a flag in the ground and just say, well, you know, we're building, we're going in this direction. I founded a company called Planetari, and we're telling new stories for Earth, we're redesigning the education system in line for a world with a future. So that's what I've been doing for the last four years, and there's all kinds of things that are happening which are really exciting, and and, and you kind of feel that, you know, because, sadly, because we're witnessing such large-scale accelerated breakdown of our, our ecological systems, people are starting to wake up and, and getting now what we're doing so there's you know there's a lot more traction than there was and so one of the things that came out of that like maybe in the course of our conversation we can talk about the other things that I'm doing but one of the things I came out of is the book that um, uh, Christine has very kindly asked me to talk a little bit about today which is Bright New World and unfortunately I don't have I would hold up a copy but I don't have one because I went somewhere and I left it there but um <laughs> I can show you um I can share screen and show you some of the things but but it is you know it's a big bright beautiful book which is designed Christine could you enable me just to share screen yeah, yeah. I know yeah I absolutely yeah, yeah yeah so it um it is really uh It really is to you know to to boost I'm sorry that you can't see the physical side of the size of it but it's really to 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 bring this this exciting that we invite children to step into the future and see the world as it um as it could be if we act fast and act now and do the things that we all know are possible the solutions are nearly all on the table already so um so that's, you know, the story is this is the most one of the most exciting times to be alive, the possibilities for transformation are huge. And, um, you know, if we use our hearts and our, our brains, I'm just trying to find one particular illustration, which is very nice. It's loading very slowly, but um, if we use our hearts and our minds, we can we can solve this stuff. And then it goes into the you know what, what's causing the problems. Where are we now? And then it shows, you know, it basically is a roadmap for how to get to this, this, you know, this, 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 this world with a, with a brighter, with a, with a brighter future. So that's, I, I can't find the, the, the image that I was hoping to show you, but anyway, that's the, um, that's the, the gist of the, the book it goes through all our different systems, our food systems, our energy systems. But that, that was what I wanted to show you because I mean, really, some of the, the illustrations in it each, each section leads with this really beautiful, powerful illustration of what it could look like when we've regenerated our oceans, our rainforests, our, our cities. And then it talks back. So we're here, it's talking from the future here we are now. And then the story in the book in each of sections is so, how did we get there? And it goes from the problems that we face today to the the solutions that we acted fast enough on to make um to make happen so you did ask me to give a short introduction to myself um christine but i hope that's given you that as a long that's probably you know a lot of that you know, some of the things discussion points for the conversation so i hope that's put a frame around what i'm what i do and what, why i'm here today.
2: always inspiring cindy and you've now uh Cindy, by the way, is the person that coined the term for a world with a future. I think you've probably seen the art that she has around the linguistic combinations um so strong. I wrote down one myself, sticking plaster on disasters. I think somebody else noted that one as well. (laughs) So uh that was beautiful, Cindy. Thank you. Because the question that I was going to ask you was tell us the story of um this the uh the story of Bright New World journey from the source idea to inception um from its source idea to its birthing. And I think you just did that.
0: (laughs) Yeah I've done that
2: Yeah. Uh, and I would like to add just in here that uh, uh, Cindy and I met through a, another venture. We had the, we we were working in another organization but all online and we met and that was a disaster. <laughs> the, the, the enterprise was a disaster. But out of it came this uh relationship with uh Cindy and a,
1: which, if I could just speak to that a tiny bit um yeah. uh, Christine obviously I'm in the UK Christine's in the Gold Coast Australia that this organization we were working with it was global everybody was all over the world and it was it was a thing, the, the idea of it was very good it was sim- similar around disrupting education but it it kind of was in, driven by this incredibly egotistical person and it just started to warp. This is really interesting when you talk about pattern integrity being taken over by you know by an ego and it just it was just warping out of shape and we'd sit on these very long calls often at really odd times of the day and I think for, or night in Christine's case because you were on sometimes at two o'clock in the morning if I remember Christine and um three three so it was, yeah it was my three morning. o'clock bringing the yeah. you know so you had this dedication to what we were trying to make happen would come on these calls at three o'clock and and we'd just be listening to well I I, I didn't know because I, I joined relatively late and I, I was just listening to this you know you could see the disaster unrolling but I, I wanted to you know to be give it a good chance and not to be overly critical and see what was happening. But there was this, this is one voice, we, because there were so many people on the call because it was global, we all had to have our cameras off. So I, I hadn't seen Christine. I just kept hearing this voice that was calling out the bullshit. And it was just coming up with the only things that made sense. So I just thought, I've got to, I've got to find out who this person is. So I recall, I kept, it, oh, it's her. And so in the end, I think I reached out to you and just said, hey, should we have a chat? And that was it.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. 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 And then when it all fell pear-shaped, Cindy and I uh made a comp- just it was just spontaneous, but we, we would speak every week and we did that for a, quite a few years. And uh and then and so Cindy and I have been uh at each other's uh sides as with centropic world with what's with planetary and so on it's just been this thing that has arisen out of the uh the multiple disasters of multiple segments or more, i'm not going to say disasters multiple yeah, swampiness of right, multiple context. aspects of our lives yeah
1: and actually yeah. in fact christine really um you know helped me to ide- ideate planetari and you know bring it into being you know it's really pushing me incredibly hard to get back to this source, this thing that I've been carrying with me about how do we reach children through all these, and then eventually, you know, so we kind of started to emerge and I was sending uh, Christine an email, which, you know, and I called called the company Planetaria. And then as I sent her the email, the A fell off. And I thought, oh, that's actually much better. So that's how it got its uh, name as well. And oh, then, uh, the yeah,
2: yeah, and then just one other acknowledgement uh, thread that I'm weaving here is the is the uh, contribution from Neve
0: in reference to your,
2: maybe you'd like to say so Neve uh, is uh, another person that has uh, taken the masterclass, and somebody I know that's in Cork, Ireland, and and uh, she supported Cindy by making an introduction around a publisher.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So Nave is just fantastic. You no, know, she's part of the Centropic um ecosystem and we were ideating something else for um for Maria um for Manuela actually, who I think yeah. is still in the community and we just have you know we as with the community everybody as you'll know you break into your different groups and conversations so we were ide- ideating something for manuela and i started talking more about what i was trying to do and Eve just said hold on a minute i just know the person that you need to speak to and she said um i'm going to introduce you and it was it was one of her um contacts she's had an absolutely fascinating life and has done incredible things and on the way she had encountered one of um pub- the publishing industry what they call super agents they're just you know, she was an amazing woman my, who's my agent now Marianne Gunn O'Connor and I just thought yeah you know whatever because people say things like that and I thought you know, I googled Marianne I, there's just no way she's going to be interested in what I'm doing and you and said I wouldn't take any idea to her because her, where she is in the world but I'm taking this one I thought you know, whatever there's no harm and then a couple of weeks later I was in rural France and I got a call from Marianne I've seen what you're doing you know I want to represent you and so that's there's other things happening on the planetary what we're trying to build in the education space and the kind of digital mobilizing space but that kind of really um, consolidated what I'm trying to do with stories and authorship as well so having you know having a really powerful agent is you know is, is critical to get anything these days into the publishing Houses and into that that system. So, you know, again, just a, a conversation with the centropic community led to that really mm-hmm. important connection, which you know, effectively, it's, and it, that's true. I I had I was talking to another publisher because we created some other really quite in you know, really I have to say very interesting things called ease for children. So this is a, this one is called an ocean adventure, and they do. Fabulous things they pop up and they pull out, and so educational publishers had started to look at what we were doing. And, and I, so I had a publisher, and because of that I had an agent, uh, because that sounds also the weird way. Oh, so so people are interested. Okay, so now we'll help you. And um, But when Marianne came along, she just said, forget all of that. That's just not going to get you where you want to go. And they were already trying to change what I wanted to do into this thing. and which I didn't like at all. And uh, but I was thinking, oh God, I better go with it because it's my chance of getting out there. And then Marianne came along and said, you just don't need to do that. We're just taking all that off the table and we're starting again and we're going out like this, which is what we're now doing. And it was just, it's so much better and so much more alive and so much more genuine and authentic than the stuff that you know the publishers are saying, oh, well, our books are this shape and size, therefore you're going to have to write something that fits this and this is how you're going to have to do it and it had not you know it was it would be good but it wouldn't be the thing that i really think will have the impact to get this message across so you know somebody who believed in the pattern integrity in staying with a source idea because she came through the connection uh that that you know that that is what the centropic community is is so much about so yeah it was, that was very powerful yeah
2: thanks and that's that's such a beautiful story of the The power of holding that, even against and uh, Cindy and I held often on our weekly calls. We railed against the world often, but we also held each other up. (laughs) And because it's a, you used some language earlier about uh, um, someone uh, the being called you know ahead of your time, and you're so sick of that, and etc. etc. The the truth of it though, is that ahead of our time has to stay the course, <laughs> There's a, you have to stay the course and we have to hold each other up as we stay the course, as we make ahead of time, time, <laughs> as we have time catch up. <laughs> and, uh, and so, but maintaining the pattern integrity, Cindy, around what you're doing, because uh, when we start to chip away and compromise, you are going to end up with not what you started with, not not with the, not the purity of the source idea that you held, and that I you know, that crushes spirits. It and it doesn't it doesn't it's it doesn't have the animation and life attraction. So I'm, it's so exciting to see that you have the support of somebody who has that uh that same vision and has clout in the publishing world that always counts for something. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, yeah Yeah.
0: absolutely
2: Yeah, yeah so no, go ahead Chris no so um uh we, what we're going to do and I'm just looking at the time I'm, I'm going to ask just I just got sort a of, sort of a couple of questions that I had uh that sort of jumped out of me uh and but then I will open it up because we've got a small group we'll open it up for people to ask Sydney questions themselves uh one of the things that I loved that you wrote about in uh, in bright new world was artificial photosynthesis. <laughs> like (laughs) this is uh um and then the statement which was beautiful the sun should be free and just an fyi that was a statement as well that Bucky fuller my mentor of over 35 years uh he spoke to the sun being free for most of his life uh but anyway i love that you raised it because Completely and absolutely flummoxes me at this point in time that photosynthesis, we haven't created the artificial version of that. Uh, because that we take light and turn it into energy. That's kind of what it happens. So um, is there anything you want to speak about that? You you put it in the book. It was, it was just like I just stopped in my tracks when I saw that.
1: Yeah, well, I can talk about that. I'll read um. Okay. I just—I found the right page now but that's not I'm not making that up I'm you know I'm here in Cambridge in Cambridge University there's um they finally the Cambridge University is a kind of labyrinth of, of silos if if that makes sense but um a couple of years ago they decided to bring everything together to put all the firepower of Cambridge University whether it's the engineering the chemical engineering bioengineering history behind solving um they called it Cambridge Zero so the focus is on carbon reducing carbon emissions which you know could 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 be a lot broader than that but anyway that's really good so I've, I'm in contact with Cambridge Zero and the stuff that they're doing is really phenomenal and one of the stuff and it's not just in Cambridge you know, there's universities all over the world and research labs all over the world doing this incredible stuff and one of the things you so I know they went down there, talked to the different labs and different people doing things. And one of the things they're working on is artificial photosynthesis, which is just creating energy directly from the sun. And it's, you know, they've got it working on a very small scale. But these are the, the things with, with the research and investment that could really be um, accelerated to be, uh, you know, gain, to, to change how, how we live on Earth. So if that's uh, the, the page that you're referring to, I'll just share it and I'll read that uh, little bit, if that's all, that's okay. Um, can you see my screen now? Yes. So that's, it's, yes. a, it's the on superpower. I think I put it um, here, yeah. In your time, producing energy often means damaging the planet because we're speaking from the future here. But if you work together, you could have a future like this, you know, it's showing all the fantastic things that we're generating. We had a huge celebration all around the world last year and got a new international holiday, Sunday, It's to commemorate the day that almost all power on earth now comes directly from the sun. We had a solar power, uh, sorry, we had solar tower power stations for ages, but the breakthrough came when we finally got artificial photosynthesis right. This means we can make liquid fuel directly from sunlight. All our vehicles can now be transitioned to run completely on sun, that's what they call the new fuel. We don't need to mine rare minerals for electric vehicle batteries anymore, we're turning the mines into nature reserves. Um to move my box here, the sun, this sun is powerful enough to drive heavy vehicles like trucks, cargo ships, planes and rockets so that we can phase out biofuels and hydrogen. Since we've had so much energy to go around, we've had a much more peaceful world. We've cleaned up the oceans, replanted the forests and education and healthcare are free almost, e- sorry, almost everywhere. Far less people get ill and climate change is stabilized so there's more fresh water to go around. The new photosynthesis photosynthesis technology is portable and cheap. So, everybody agreed that the sun, that sun fuel, should be free. It's funny, when you don't have to fight over something, you get much better at sharing. Mm
0: -hmm. I wrote that. So (laughs) many of
1: our wars are fossil fuel wars, aren't they? They're resource wars. So, yeah.
2: I, I love that. Um, I see your hand, Rosh, uh, uh, or I will just, um, I'll come to you in just a second. Uh, the other thing that I just wanted you to, to comment on, there's two things uh, that, uh, there's actually a lot, but I'll just do these ones. Uh, you wrote the business model of a 10-year-old mobile, uh, no, you wrote that that our mobile phones at least, we have for at least 10 years, and then it gets recycled. <laughs> and the question that I had, which is kind of like Christine being provocative and, uh What's the other word? Not just provocative, but um leading, a leading question. I think it's a leading question, just to be transparent. The business model, what is the business model, Sydney, for a 10-year mobile? <laughs> In actual fact, what also is the business model? This is the bit that I love for the sun being free. And uh, and I'm not asking you to answer that definitively, but
1: uh <laughs> well, I'm going to leave that for the um the centropic community to work up. The, the business model for the phone was because you know, we always talk about phone contracts. I hate that bloody word, phone contract, you know, which is stitching you into these, you know, these contracts, which are basically working out, how, how, you know, to to get, you know, you tied into something that's hit. so. So I changed the the idea of the contract. So the contract that when when your phone comes, it comes with a contract that says it won't harm the environment and it won't harm people in the making of it, because you'll, you'll probably all know the ghastly business of making mobile phones of child mm. labor in the coal town mines the, 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 when they're sent over to china there's basically factories where people are locked all day making doing one thing to make this mobile phone and there's just so many awful things that go into it, even though the tech is brilliant so the phone would come with a contract that says that no people nobody's harmed or hurt in making this phone on the planet isn't harmed and then and the, com- the company has to contract that when you've You've used your you lease your phone, you could pay a monthly charge to lease your phone or whatever. And then when it is all the technologies, you know, there's been an international agreement that they work or are compatible with the same operating system. So you're just upgrading without having to throw the thing away. But, you know, it's just the circular economy model at the end of the, its life. The, the company takes it back and they take out all the because there's so much precious metal in phones, as you as you will all know. And so that all goes back and is then obviously recycled and made into a new, a new phone. So the sun being free, I'm going to have to leave that to the centropic <laughs> <laughs> challenge. But I'm sure, uh, I'm sure it's not and, that
2: hard. and the final bit that I just would like to, um, you you have a section in there about girls and education and girls rising, and uh, and it, it, what is beautiful about. Sydney's book is that it's written in that simple style that we saw but the research and the, the work behind it has strong legs to stand on. So I'd love to hear you just comment around that piece and, um, and uh, how important it is for this world with a future.
1: Yeah, so the, um, the, that's, that draws, I'm trying to find the page, hopefully it will load, them, but, but the, um, that comes from the research, well, not the, there's loads of leading research institutes, but Project Drawdown and Population Matters. You now the single, one of the, the, the highest impact things to affect, to reduce emissions is educating girls, because when girls are educated, they choose to have uh, fewer or indeed no children. So you know, it's, it's a really powerful uh, piece of the of what we need, of what needs to happen. And not only that, but you're activating the brain power of over fifty percent of your world as well. Um, the work of population matters shows that if everybody had, so it's not this draconian, you know, that people like to react. Oh, it's the Western world telling you know telling other people how to live. You know, it's not, and, and then you know, there's that whole. I don't know, I think people just find excuses when they don't like, when they're not comfortable with ideas. But population matters has shown that if everybody had half a child less, I know that sounds a bit strange, but the population would would I think I can't remember exactly it would it would stabilize. At about seven billion. It would it would go up and then it would drop and stabilize at about seven billion by 20 um 2050. And if we use the um resources on planet Earth wisely and well and we're good stewards of planet Earth, there's an ab- there is abundance and there's enough to feed food, to feed the human family. But um yeah, so it's a really key piece of the puzzle. And and sadly, as we move into um You know what what we're seeing now—the rise of populist movements and the right, the far right—you're seeing a much greater attack on uh, on women's reproductive rights. And the Population Matters published a brilliant report called um, "Welcome to Gilead," and Mm -hmm. it just looks at over the world, not just road versus way in in Hungary and Iran, where as the um, you know as people there's all horrible triggers the replacement theory you know we have to have our white women having babies or we'll get replaced we have to have women subjugated because if we don't have enough people then the eco- you know the economic model is based on having more humans buying more so you know it traces this whole pullback on on women's rights as we head into this resource scarcity that is being exacerbated by climate change and so, you know.
2: So it's interesting, Cindy, uh, that one of the other things that Bucky studied 70 years ago was he could directly correlate, and this was before the power of uh, computer computation on the computer, was that by giving everyone access to, uh, in your language, the sun as free, uh, that when energy is free or very, very affordable and available readily for everybody, the population also goes down and the education goes up. Population goes down, education goes up. And so, and and those pieces are correlated very directly. So that was one of his findings. I am going to um, open the floor uh, and Rush, you have been sitting there patiently or um, with your hand up. So uh, please, um, if anyone has questions, uh, you can either raise your hand, I'll I'll note them um, or raise your artificial hand in the screen, (laughs) whichever works for you.
3: First of all, Cindy, it's just so wonderful. Your undying, effulgent way of communicating is so spirited and it's so enriching. It is enriching on a human level. And I really thank you for that because just listening is, is provoking all kinds of uh, new thoughts and new ways for my own sort of cellular explosion of intelligence. So I thank you for that. But in the process of it, um, I I have not read your book. But um, in the process of listening to your comments and your life story and the way things are going, I I come to a perplexity that has been scratching me for a while. And it is this. I know with Christine, we've talked about the source idea and the pattern integrity of various and sundry things, but I think the pattern integrity of our social systems are corrosive. They're not intended to be sustainable, or I should say they're sustainable in the way that they are corrosive. <laughs> and so it, it, it's, it's almost as if every time we hear the word sustainable, we get all, oh, yummy, yummy rather than pay attention to the significance of the arena that we're using that term in and what it actually means. So my, my question is, in this discussion, in your way of presenting this new world, one of the things that I find happening all the time is people just check out at a certain point. Like they go, yeah, I really want that. I really want that. And then they check out. And when I go to where they check out, I see this kind of Kool-Aid, like people are drinking a Kool-Aid that's mixture of neuro-linguistic yummy, infiltrated by this corrosive uh, smokescreen selling. And so I was wondering if in your work, because you're obviously creating a new system, how do you walk across that bridge with people? how can I change my conversation with people so that they will walk across a bridge with me and not go, oh, you go ahead.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a really, that's the million dollar question, isn't it, Aura? Um, uh, uh, I, um, I mean, I think we're not, no, remember, I think it does come back to um, focusing what you're, what, on what you can do, not on what you can't. Um, there's lots of people traveling this way um, there's brilliant writers like Amitav Ghosh and Ben Okri. you know, Amitav Ghosh, I, I can't, I, I don't want to take up more time, but he's put out a brilliant call, he wrote his book, The Nutmeg Curse, which is, looks at colonization and climate change, and exactly what you're saying, the whole design of this system was designed, You know, it was designed to extract, to extinction, to serve the, you know, to, to serve an, an elite group at the expense of, of so many other people and creatures on earth and he puts out this call you know now it's time to tell new stories of earth it's time for, I, I, if I find the quote I, I can read it later but it's it's really beautiful but it, it, him and Ben Ockrey is talking about this whole reimagining we need to tell new stories um, and shift our culture from the very roots as another we had more time there's a presentation I've been given which is really around this which is you know the root of 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 our disaster is in our belief system so it's really you know it's that it's that huge work really of redefining our belief system so as a story and but in, in Amitaph's quote he calls out you know it's, it's the it's the moral urgent you know obligation almost and the urgency is so acute to, to everybody who's in the business of telling stories whether it's film whether it's writing stories whether it's poems whether it's anything you know whether you're the directors the marketers the librarians I gave this talk to librarians you know we have to shift the, this narrative at the roots um, and that's where I think the work you know, that, that's the book that I'm, I'm, I'm writing a children's novel called Star Riders, I'm doing other things, but that's, you know, that's the...
0: We've frozen. <laughs> uh, Cindy's
2: frozen. <laughs> frozen in time and space. Well, <laughs> we'll see what happens.
0: Did you get the name of the book? That second author? Or Okra? Oh,
2: ben Okra. Okra. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, Cindy, my dear. <laughs> Don't you hate that? <laughs> uh, I think it's Ben Okra, yeah. Um, an African writer, I believe.
0: Oh, yeah.
2: We're just going to wait <laughs> for a second. <laughs> oh, she's gone. She'll come back. She'll come back. And then... Uh, I'll get Michael. You have a question, and Nikki. I see you have a question as well. And it's lovely to meet you, you on the call. Um, everybody
0: else is part of the centropic community, so um, welcome. Uh, it's good to have you here. Ooh, let's see. And that's it. The Femish Road. That's the that's the right
2: spelling. Um, I'm just seeing it in the, in the chat. Colin, and thank you very much for
0: doing that, for doing the research for us. So uh, it's a beautiful book. I uh, I highly recommend. And and
2: Paul, you asked can a you, question. Can please. you can you hold it up so we can see the size? No, Cindy? I don't. I have. I just have the PDF version. Oh, okay. So, um, the book is written for students, parents, and teachers. I, you'd love it because Paul, because you, you I know that you share with children and stuff like that, but it's it's very simple, but very evocative,
0: uh, very much to the point. Yeah. So, uh, she will come back.
2: <laughs> okay any any while we're waiting anyone got any comments just to add yeah
5: i uh, i i started to read the book and um and it's it's really interesting and and guess what i was also planning and i had even a chat with my grandchild she's seven to write a book about the future but then through the lens of children and she is going to paint pictures about that future and uh, yeah well we thought it was a plan and and this is a kind of an inspiration uh, book it's really really
2: good yeah mm, nice yeah it's yeah just beautiful beautifully done i have yeah. the earlier version that cindy held up of the um magazine um which was very exciting to get my hands on uh someone asked someone else asked a question in the chat think it was you Kerry was did you ask a question yeah do you want to unmute or you're in the car
3: is that where
6: we're I I am in the car sorry (laughs) um I just I went onto the link to see how to purchase it and it didn't seem to be available in Australia can we get it here or if we get that that like it's just epic
1: it's so good
2: yeah. So what I'll do is uh, when I send out the email with the video recording, I'll make sure that I'll have the links to purchase the book. Uh, obviously, you can get it from the normal suspects. It's definitely available in the UK, uh, but I'll double I'll double check that around Australia. Yeah, Carrie. OK. Yeah. I don't know where she's gone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyone else? Uh Got comments or anything else like that while we? I think she must have had to reboot her computer or something while we're waiting. Michael has his hand up. I'm sorry, Michael. Yes, I know Michael had his hand up. Uh, I think he was going to ask Cindy though, but. She's not here. You, you can ask the question if you'd yeah, like. But her. I
4: can also ask here, and, and uh, because yeah. I have to go at nine o'clock. Uh, so in uh, at the full hour,
1: anyway. Yeah. There we go. Um, she's,
2: she's here. She's back she's on. Back. Just wait a second. Sorry,
1: i so. I really apologize about that. My computer okay, just. That's that's. That's
0: absolutely okay. But... Fine. So. Sorry, Michael I... Go ahead, Michael. No, no.
1: It it it's it's
4: actually short. Just one comment or uh, two. Um, is. I think sustainable is actually the wrong word we use these days it should be regenerative um because sustainable just kind of like means that we are living in a status quo we leave it as it is but we kind of kind of like from now on live sustainable but regenerative just means that we need to go back to uh to where we came from and i think that's a little bit what you probably wanted to show as well uh, i am a little worried with the word disruption in the meantime i use it so much in the in the past. And, and every time I use it now, I actually have to think about it, whether it's the right use or not, and whether it is actually um, pushing people away uh, or not, uh, because disruption just is also comes with a lot of um, people are afraid of the word. They're, they're afraid of what comes with it, because it means new business models and thinking models. And that's why they kind of clinch onto the old models, because they're afraid of it. So I, I try to, um Communicate that disruption is something that we need to go for because we need to have it, but it, it is something that comes with incremental steps, and that we uh, that we just should try to formulate some of the incremental steps uh, to make to take the fear from the people to a certain extent. And you don't get people excited about the disruption beyond the part that they're excited about; they not, they don't work on it. That's unfortunately what I see, at least in my space in the health space, um, nobody wants to have disruption right away. They all want to have it eventually, but not right away. So do you have any plan also from from your perspective of actually I, I used that in the chat, you, you know, you, you have this uh, Georgian horsing. I, th- I thought it was a cool word, a cool word. And uh, do you have any idea of how actually how to approach uh, a society change in uh, towards disruption with incremental steps?
1: First of all, I just think you're absolutely right, Michael. The language doesn't exist really for what, what we need to do, which is why I think what Christine is doing is so powerful. You know, I try to use the word syntropic, but I have to explain what it is. But eventually, I'm sure everybody will understand what the word syntropic means, because it shortcuts away from this. It's you know, Sustainability is doing less. Bad, isn't it? Whereas what we need is things that are centropic, which are doing more good. But we don't have the language to say that. And you know, we talk about disruption. And I, I, in a way, that is quite. And some of these are kind of buzzwords, aren't they, from the tech industry? Which you know, disruption. It sounded like that's the clever technology is going to disrupt that, and therefore it's going to make a heck of a lot more money because it's going to give us this this new thing. You know, which we can make more money out of. So you know, that, that I, I don't. I'm not that comfortable with that word either. I mean, in terms of social transitioning, I mean, I think it is what we're doing now, you know, we have to do what we can, oh, oh, you know, somebody um, around my book, there's been a group has formed on LinkedIn, actually, one chap there who um, set up, you know, the Bright New World Forum, which is really a place for people to come with these ideas of, of transitioning. Um, I know you have to go, uh, Michael, but, you know, there's there's another p- platform that we're building to try to engage people on um you know, in mass and actually incentivize because there is that there is the incremental steps and then there's this Kairos time and there's earth time where we just have to move if we don't. If we don't move now we don't get the chance to make incremental steps so I mean everybody trying to bring as many people with you in your own way is really important and um, I'm working now with um, with a team another global team. And building this planetary platform, we'll be launching it in March 23, but that's basically, it's, you know, the short form of, I describe that as uber for good, you go on the platform, you have, you have to, you have to undertake a certain bit of education, so that you're understanding that the nine planetary boundaries, and then that unlocks jobs that you can do, and then you, when you take on these jobs, in your community, I'll explain the job, and then you actually get paid. You know, you get it's it's paid work to make change because so many people at the ordinary person level they're so busy trying to just stay alive. So the reason I use Uber for Good is instead of your side hustle being driving an Uber, it's actually doing some regenerative work, whether that's a simple piece of citizen science, measure you know, photographing biodiversity, or whether it's actually going out and replanting a mangrove you know, blue carbon, you know, creating natural systems, carbon sequestration in where you live. It's, those are the kinds of things that we're going to be having on, on this platform, and that's what I can do to shift things, and it's trying to shift people, in cent- using our current value system of money to shift people into, into an era where all the jobs you do will be regenerative. But I'm mm-hmm. sure so many of your centropic ideas are going to be working towards that, When we just have to have the courage to support each other and and keep walking fast. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Thanks a lot. I like the Uber for good. So, yeah. Yeah, Well, I hope I'll be talking more about that with this community and letting you know when it's coming and maybe guinea pigging if that's all right. But yeah, I hope (laughs) a lot of hope for it.
2: Yeah, very nice. And, And, you know, just around that disruptive word. I think mother nature knows how to do disruption really, really well without permission from humans, because it's in a recall response to our actions. Uh, So whether we like it or not, we're being disrupted.
1: Preferably not. I just wanted to say, sorry, I didn't finish answering your question um, properly either. I really apologize. There's lots more that I have to say on that, but hopefully I can come back to it
2: Uh, um, Nikki had a hand up, and we'll, so if, um, if somebody else raises their hand, but otherwise, you can go back to um, uh, the, the question that Aura had. Nikki,
6: hi, Cindy. Hi, so Nikki. lovely to see you yeah, again. It's lovely, to see you. So enlivened by your passion, it just gives me so much hope. Um, one, I've got a question about something that we're doing here, but I. I really loved how you'd said how, you know, the STEM, STEM is being really the concept of growing, you know, helping to grow the same economy. And what came to me when you said that is, you know, we need to, how can we look at seeds of something for a new economy? So that just came that, that double word of STEM. <laughs> um, so, but what I wanted to, we're looking to try and work with the digital storytellers over here to tell a story of grass fed beef because, you know, getting really big concerns that um, beef production is getting sort of lumped in that all meat production is industrial, is bad for the environment, whereas good grass fed beef production is actually a really good carbon sequester, and there's a whole lot of the nuance around that that doesn't ever get out into the, into the media. Um, so we're looking at trying to tell the story from the cows perspective. <clears throat> Um, of having cattle yeah you know, literally whether it's a infographic or, or having a couple of cattle telling the story of how grass bed you know, protein production has evolved over the millennia with bacteria in the gut of the cattle and that come out of the soil so the question that I had with all that you've done so far have you got any good advice of how to not go down the wrong rabbit holes?
0: Yeah.
1: Oh Nikki, that's a, such an interesting and important question. And then you know, I, I know you were such a wise person. I'm sure I should be asking you that question, <laughs> to be honest. It's um it's uh it's you know, it's tricky. I mean, I've have been following some of your posts around that issue of grass-fed beef as well, because it's it's such a it is such a tricky story to tell. It's a, <sighs>
0: um
1: I mean, if, if that's what you've decided to do, you want to tell that story and it's and it's clear and the facts are clear, then I just think I think tell it. But do be aware. I mean, it's a really tricky issue, isn't it? I mean, even I'm thinking, I know grass-fed beef can have its um benefits, but it's also the amount of land that you need if everybody was eating grass-fed beef, that you would you still wouldn't, we wouldn't still wouldn't have enough land to do it. So I just think, you know, be aware of what objections people are going to say you know that so that's coming from somebody like me who I can I totally understand what you're doing you know have have the clear answer for those but if you really believe that that's a strong story to tell have the courage to tell it but you might find that everybody's not going to I mean that's certainly in my case not everybody agrees with me and what I'm doing but I just keep telling my story what I do try to keep checking on is telling the story in a way that is being is clearly understood and if it's not then I try to change my messaging because I don't want people to think that I'm saying something that I'm not if they're if I'm if they're hearing what I'm saying mm-hmm. and I'm not agree with it that's fine but if they're hearing something else then I want to change the way I'm telling the story um so they they do understand it and you have got a difficult story to tell because there is so much misinformation or blurred information around the um around around the beef and so you know I'd make sure your facts are crystal clear you're aware of the, and which you will be Nikki I know you will be of the you know the the pushback that you're going to get but you tell the story because I think
6: the other thing we thought if we've got if we play with a little bit that a big part of it is also telling the story of we need to be able to have time to hear each other's stories fully because there is never a hundred percent perfect answer out there for anything and as soon as somebody thinks they've got the answer, you got to get pretty worried about what the question was that they asked in the yeah. first place. So, um, so that's part of it as well, to get people thinking about their thinking.
1: Well, I knew that you would have the answer to the question, a better <laughs> answer to the question than, than me, um, um, Nikki. So I think you're absolutely right, and creating space to do that in the least confrontational way possible, mm-hmm. because people get so so emotional about the, the issue, yeah. those issues don't they so but then you're you're extremely good at that creating those safe spaces to to hear other people's stories even if you don't think you're going to agree with what they say it is important that all the voices are included and somewhere in there lies a collaborative solution but you're brilliant at creating those spaces to speak and i think that's obviously what christine you do so well here with Centropic as well and your Dare to Care program is, yeah, I put it in the chat, the Dare to Care program. <laughs>
0: yeah. uh, it's, mean. Nikki,
2: it's, there sounds like an and and me in there somewhere. Uh, <laughs>
0: Paul, you had your hand up.
5: Yeah, thank you, uh, Cindy. Brilliant. Um, and then there is so much recognition, you know. Um, 20 years back, I, I was um, working hard on, on implementing telemedicine solutions in the Netherlands. Oh, Paul, that is never working and blah, 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 blah. You know. And it was almost my bankruptcy um, uh, because insurance companies didn't believe in it. Although business models uh, showed that we could save billions. and uh, But anyway, long story short. Um, All those things that you are talking about, you know, and and I feel the rebel in myself as well. And um, I, I, maybe not right, but I will give you another example that really shocked me completely. I mean, completely. And it is so much hidden. Um, And it makes me emotional that we people doing that You know what AI is today, AI, artificial intelligence, uh, Google, um, Amazon, Facebook. You know what that is in the background? Um, Children teaching the AI algorithms, what is right and what is not right. So if you are talking to Alexa, there is in the background, children are poor people correcting that. Uh, to feed it in the right way to, um, uh, to those algorithms. But what is shocking, I mean, really shocking, is that children somewhere from Bangladesh or whatever, in dark little rooms, are checking the horrible things that are being posted on Facebook before they are going on Facebook. So they are teaching headings and whatever to not publish it and it is and they hardly get paid for it and the horrible thing is what does it do to those minds of those children and it's only children and not that many people know that and i think we have to um to blast that out that has to stop i mean we don't see it and then those big companies, are oh, we have AI and blah, blah, blah machine learning, Th- those are children. Children is their machine learning. It's just horrible. And you are a public figure, blast it out.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: It has to stop.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll be, if you can send me anything on that, Paul, that's you know, a good succinct article, I'll be very happy to share it with my... Um, yeah, it is, you know, uh, my, it is an um, article written, written
5: by, the, by the correspondent in the Netherlands. And um, it's in Dutch, but I will translate it. And uh, with with source of resources, and whatever you know, it's pretty well researched. And um, yeah, uh, I mean, when I when I read that, and 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 specifically, this is about children. And if if we are doing this to our children in a hidden way, um, what is more there that we don't know yet?
1: <coughs> yeah. Is <laughs> It is. It's it's so dreadful, you know, the safeguarding of children in this this, and uh, against the pursuit of money. I mean, so much of social media is just, you know, you're talking about something that's really dark and deep and hidden and that's appalling. But so much of what is, is visible that goes on in front of our eyes is 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 really appalling and um, and and disturbing and it is psychological you know you 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 can correlate the rise of social media with the rise of hu- huge rise in mental health issues for children and suicides um but again you know i i, I really resisted that as a parent uh, my daughter is 18 now but you know she didn't have a smartphone until she was 16 and her and one other girl in the class were the only two without the smartphones and luckily because of the kind of character my daughter is I didn't have very much of an issue with it at all to be honest she didn't really care at all but so many parents are just pushing you know it's so hard to define against a whole peer group, whole society really, you know, we they looked like the crazy coot kids at school because they didn't have the phones, you know, they had to stand up and, and, you know, the the, the peer group at my daughter's school is very nice, but my niece went to a school, my sister was trying the same thing, you know, she was basically bullied to death because she did, not not quite to death, but horribly bullied because she didn't have a phone, so my sister caved and got her the phone because you can barely survive in those systems without it, and then sure enough, down the phone comes every, you know, the Botoxing, the, the facial, but the way they throw themselves on their screens. My, my my niece sits on the train now photographing herself and posting it out. You know, and that's just the the light end of it. It's real colonization of um of of young people's minds. And um it's but because so much money is made out of it, it's just like the tobacco industry. You're not allowed to, you know, that it's silenced in the media. And you're, you're, you're positioned as the kook. If you start, you know, if you stand up against it, it's very very hard to do to define yeah. against a society.
0: Yeah.
5: Mm. but but here, here here another question. The good thing. I, I don't want to be also so negative in that. Um, So I posted a, a, a little question. Um, what what is a right age for children to 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 start with that book or to use it that book? And second question is, do you already have kind of results with children? How do they react on it? What is mm-hmm. their...
1: So the reading the, uh, this, the, the the guided age for the book is seven plus seven. No, I'm sorry, saying seven to one hundred and seven. There's you know as I say, there's an adult book group that are using it as this roadmap to a, a, to a you know how to transition what we what 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 things would system some things would need to change. And the book only came out last thursday so i haven't had much time to uh to collate any but then there's younger children using it this weekend i did a series of workshops in in my community in cambridge um, because there was a fantastic event called let's go circular right at the heart of the shopping mall there's a change maker in the mall who's now managing well she just wanted to ping this thing in there to see if she could help so she asked me to come down and do some workshops around the book which i did and it was just fantastic you know the children and I work on this with children you now because all of all of my things the ocean venture they they really know their stuff you know they know it they engage extremely uh, deeply with the ideas that they they' i mean again Cambridge is slightly odd because you know i i don't know that they have the parent group influence, but they're very articulate on the, on the, around the problems. And it's almost heartbreaking actually, because I think in schools, they are talking more about it. They know what's happening. They know what needs to happen. And uh, you know, it just seems nuts to them that it isn't happening. And um, it's, you know, I, the book, I'm, I am glad that it's it's written for children, schools, communities, because I think it's at the older age of end of things, not in groups like this, that people are still, you know, they, some of them get the ideas, but some, but, but there's still that mindset of it's not possible to do anything about it, because this is just the way it's always been. And we, we're voiceless, you know, we have these, these faceless governments that don't care or whatever, or they don't think the system can change, but that's the children are. You know, it gives you huge hope and it breaks your heart at the same time because they, they get it and they understand it and they can see clearly what to do about it.
0: Beautiful question. Any Anyone else got um, uh, any questions for Cindy? Oh, Colleen. <laughs> Cindy, what what can we do to support?
2: Ah, that was my question.
1: I knew oh. you were going to ask that. <laughs> oh, thanks so much, Colleen, for asking that question. I mean, you know, the book I really I'm you know, I hate the self-promotion element of things. I've written the book to get a message out. This is the world. There's a book has come out from the um, Johan Rockström, as some of you will be familiar with it, it's just come out, it's called Earth for All, it's Johan Rockström and some of the people at the Stockholm Resilience Centre, the Club of Rome, and it's called a handbook for human, for the survival of humanity, and you know, it's obviously a very adult book with tons and tons of scientific research, and my book's being picked up by adults who are saying, this is the roadmap, it's simple, it's got bright colours in it, it's got lovely pictures, it makes us feel happy, but still it's got the gravity to know, to be really telling us what to do. So I, I have genuinely written the book to make, to be a tool for all of us in our work towards systemic change, so the best thing that you could do to support me is help the message get out there, and I can I mean I don't think that anybody should be ashamed of making money out of their work because God knows we've worked for nothing for a very long time but that the contract I have on the book I I barely make any money out of it you know I was paid to write it and I you know if it sells gazillions gazillions you start to get some royalties but I won't make you know very and I don't really care the the job of the book is to put the message out I'm just saying that because I have a real personal Issue with self-promotion. <laughs> but that it is a message and it's it's been packaged in this big, bright, beautiful format, which hopefully doesn't shy away from the problems we have, but does give this roadmap for how we can solve them. So if you can help spread the word, that would be great. And I'm hoping to develop some educational resources around it. Well, I've got a workshop around it, I'll be developing some more education. Actually, I'm this is a slightly longer term thing developing a curriculum around it so that can go into schools or you know older older age but it's, it really is helped me please get the message out and i hope that it's a useful tool for you in your work to you know to lay the foundations of this is this is where centropic work sits in a world that looks like this
0: yeah well and i
2: liked what you said that there are groups of adults even using it as a book Um, to guide how can they take action. And you used a word earlier, citizen, citizen something.
1: Citizen science, yeah.
2: Yeah, citizen science, that going out and taking pictures of biodiversity and that kind of thing. Really exciting ideas in there because that's sort of where I get flummoxed is like, okay, you know, I can go to the grocery store and buy this or that, but it feels like so little. And, and so I think that it, it really conceives some ideas of what more we could do. So thank you for that.
1: Yeah, at the back of the book, there's some very simple ideas that you can do in your personal life. And then it maps it against, you know, if I do this, then this is the systemic change. This is, the, the, this is how the effect that it will have. So if hundred of us do this, then this is the aggregate of that. But that's the platform that I'm now building with this tech team. So you, you get the book you can see okay we could have a world like this if we do these things you know I can do these things in my personal life but now here's an app in my hand that means that I can now put these into action by the citizen science or I know where they they need me to go and plant a tree or plant a mangrove or deliver some food that would otherwise be wasted so that's the next step really is to have this thing that you know people ask what can we do about it Here, do this it's simple it's free and you will get paid to take this to do this work and i can explain the funding model of that another time but we it's 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 feasible to do it and we're getting our investors so yeah
2: Very good. And Cindy, I know how I can help you. (laughs) Not only with the book promotion, but being able to stand there and say, buy the book. (laughs) Buy the book. Go out now, buy the book. If you can buy 10 and give them to schools, buy 10 and give them to schools. (laughs) Or 20 or 100 or ship them to somewhere else, buy the book. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Thank you, Chris. Yeah, there is
2: no point being uh, ashamed or shy of getting a, a powerful message out to create a world with a future. We got to stand on that. Yeah. Uh, so I think um, I think we I think unless someone has got a burning question, I think we can sort of wrap up uh, and uh, um, Wow. Amazing.
5: <laughs> um, maybe, Cindy, where can we get more information about this? So background, uh, <clears throat> so what you are doing. Um, maybe, I don't know if you have a, a site where we can go for the background research that you are doing. Maybe we can add stuff to that. So that helps you also, maybe.
1: Uh, yeah, I have um, a website, Planetar- w, uh, it's in um, it's www.planetari.world. But that's going to be changing very soon because of this new platform that we're building. But that's absolutely fine. You know, you're, so you'll see what you'll see now is, is the, the children's education piece. So that's that's good. I'm, I'm sure that you're very welcome to uh, contact me at any time if, if we can share the link. Um, there's also, yeah, so that website will be changing to reflect the platform that we're now building to enable people to take this action. And I should, maybe I can share the link with Christine but the, the 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 chap who set up the bright new world kind of forum he's exact that's exactly what he's asking for to people to contribute their own ideas that are coming off the, the ideas in the book really are just the ideas that we all will have and know they're the ideas in earth for all you know how do we transition to this I'm not they're not they're not my ideas at all they're just a are, um, an amalgam of these of brilliant thinking in one tidy little beautifully illustrated easy to digest package so that he's created this bright new world forum and he's asking people to ideate around the book exactly like this to because to, to work out how we can transition in our own lives in our own communities so you know if you want to contribute to that that would be a really good place because he's already collating things there his name is Edmund Karloveli and he's he's doing that through LinkedIn I can share the link with um, with Christine
2: yeah, so um, Colin has been wonderfully putting all of the links to all of the authors in the chat in the background. She's amazing like that. So thank you, Colleen, mm-hmm. for that. And I will be sending an email out uh, with all of those links, plus the link that Cindy just mentioned that she's either going to she's going to share with me. Uh, and I'm just talking
1: video... about fast. I can't do the Colleen thing where you can talk, oh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> paste links into
1: the chat. Oh, but I'll get it to you. yeah get it to me
2: get it to me uh and I'll send out the link to the uh, the recording and uh and all of the other stuff and also I'm going to double check because Kerry said that she couldn't see the book available in Australia but I'm going to double check that and we'll have the links that you've given me as well Cindy about how to purchase and the other thing that I wanted to just Um, hold the space for is when your platform and you're looking for some support or guinea pigs you have the community here to be your guinea pig support of course you know like yeah (laughs) that's a no-brainer and so just let us know because i'm sure everyone is very keen to have um become a part of that experience.
1: Yeah, well, thank you so much, Christine, as always, and to the beautiful uh, Syntropic community. It's just, it's so lovely to see uh, you all, and I think what you're doing is invaluable, and that, that you know, this is where, you know, really deep systemic change happens. Everybody who's part of uh, Syntropic has got so much courage to step out of that old paradigm, you know, mm-hmm. really risk it, and, and start walking, start drawing the new pathways uh, for humanity and I just you know I always get that energy charge by coming in the into this community because you know it just it just does, does, does feel this is where the future is is possible and mm-hmm. so I'm huge huge thanks to you all for everything that you all know every behind each one of these zoom screens there's a story that's you know absolutely incredible and I know that from you know my own Time that I'm, I can't drop into all the meetings that I would like to, but I know you each have an incredible and powerful journey, and and together, you know, we we have this exponential strength to to make the change that we want, to make the world that we want.
2: Yeah. Well, thank you so. so much, and thank you everybody for attending, and uh, what a a um, beautiful beginning uh, of a long journey. With lots of many sweaty, hard hills to climb, but what a beautiful beginning. And I'm so happy to see that the first step of a lifelong plan is coming into shape. Yay.
5: Okay. And you'll have Thank our you back. So
1: much yeah. Thank you so Thank you. All the best. Yeah, big love
2: to everybody. Have a good day to those in, in daytime and good night to us good nighters. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye bye, bye. 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 bye.